You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Episode 2 of The Good News. This episode is called The Diary of a Disciple. The book of Acts is written as a diary by Luke about the Lord Jesus Christ under inspiration. It is the continuance of his work that takes place throughout Acts. It involves the things concerning his name and the kingdom of God that have been spread to all corners of the habitable world. So I wanted you to think about good news. It's actually quite hard to find these days. Now, when we're uh, watching TV or scrolling on our phones, good news doesn't really just pop up all the time. And it's really because bad news sells news. And it's funny, the the New York Times did a study in 2013 and they came up with a line that if it bleeds, it leads. And so the more that something bleeds, whether physically or mentally, the more suffering, the more problem, you lead with that and you'll sell uh, more subscriptions. But sometimes over the... we, We do get good news... And since beginning uh, looking at this class, it's funny when you're you're talking to a colleague at work or via Zoom and uh, it's like, you know, he said he went to the doctors and I just said, oh, well, any good news? And he's like, oh, well, I've got to wait for my results and that. It's like, oh, well, hopefully that's going to be good news. Or, you know, sometimes we get good news at the end of the year when you get your exam results back and it's like, oh, well, that's that's pretty cool. That's good news. What, What marks I got or... Some people just recently have had some really good news when they've been in the Olympics. They've been able to win a a gold, silver or bronze medal and that's pretty good. Um, That's good news for them and for the country. That's all, all pretty good. But it's hard to find really, really good news that lasts and is meaningful for a lot of people. Some of that good news is... It's your doctor's results, it's your exam results, it's, you know, that, that person's gold medal, but it doesn't really help us in the, in the long run. Well, tonight we're going to find the good news, and we're going to find that it's lasting, it's meaningful, and it's, it's relevant to each and every one of us. This year, together, we're going to read a diary of a disciple, and we're going to see the beginning of the most important thing that's still going on in the world today as this very small group of relatively unimpressive people turn the world upside down with their good news. You know, the news is so good that they told so many years ago that it can turn your world and my world 
upside down as well, 2,000 years later, even after it was written. Now, has anyone read The Diary of Anne Frank? Anyone seen the movie, The Diary of Anne Frank? Well, put that on your reading list. Um, there's some more worksheets down here if you, if you want them. The Diary of Anne Frank uh, is quite a, an amazing uh, diary. Yep, come on down. And I can take this thing. Thank you. The Diary of Anne Frank is a book of a young girl's diary entries as she's hiding out in a home uh, as a Jewish girl hiding out from uh, being found. And fortunately, pre-COVID, I was actually able to travel there and you're actually able to go and walk up the staircase and there's a secret, or oh, I won't give it away if you want to read it, but actually there's this physical item that hid her family and others away for many, many years. And I was actually able to touch the staircase. I was actually able to see the wallpaper on the walls, what her diary talks about. She sadly has passed away, but her diary can still be read, and it's real things. Well, the diary of Luke that we've just started reading is real, and it's about real events. And potentially post-COVID, you can go there. And again, fortunately, my wife and I were actually able to go to some of the places that this diary of Luke talks about. So the, this book um, in the Bible is called Acts and it's written in the years after Jesus' death and resurrection by a man called Luke. Luke, he's a doctor and he's an investigative historian. Paul in Colossians 4.14 calls him the beloved phys physician now, it's interesting we're going to find out about this man, Paul, because he used to put people in prison. He used to go around and he used to be, be part of hurting people and putting them in prison. Now, he's going to talk about this diary writer as a beloved physician. Now, Luke is, has a Greek heritage, but he has faith in Jesus who... Remember from our class last year, Jesus was Jewish. You can see from on your little worksheet, you can see where Acts fits into the rest of the Bible. So it comes after those Gospels, those four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in the New Testament. And it comes straight after that in our modern Bibles. Now Luke, being Greek, was not one of the Jewish 12 disciples during Jesus' three-year ministry here on earth. Because he grew up in this Greek-Roman family, he had to learn about this Jewish religion that was going on. 
And after learning about this Jewish religion, he eventually gained faith in Jesus and became a follower. But just, just think about that. Luke's this Greek and he's now looking at this other cultural religion, Jew, Jewish religion. It's almost like the, Luke's in two worlds. He's got his natural world that he's been brought up in, in this Greek-Roman world. But then he starts to, he wants to find out about what's going on in another culture. And so to find out what this Jewish faith in Jesus is all about, he goes and he talks to Jewish people. He goes, he has to go and see eyewitnesses um, who were with Jesus. And he wants to, so what was it like? What did he say? What did he do? And he does that. So when he comes to his, who he's writing his diary to, who's also Greek, can go, ah, okay, I can see what's going on in this Jewish world and understand the life and the importance of the man Jesus. But in this book of Acts, on the other hand, Luke now has the opportunity to travel. And he writes his own diary. Now he doesn't have to ask, what was it like? He's actually going to be there. He's on the boat. He's walking alongside these people. And he gets to see how this Jesus comes out of this Jewish world and comes across and spreads over to these other cultures, and in particular, the, the Greek-Roman world at the time. And we're going to find it's going to be a massive clash of cultures. It's going to be this amazing thing where this man, Jesus, is going to spread over the rest of the world. And Luke's going to be right there, ready to write about this amazing story. Let's, um, in, in Acts 16, verse 9 to 10, he actually writes himself in there. He says, we did this, um, us. So you can actually tell from that that Luke's right there on the story. And, of course, he wrote his own gospel by that name, Luke. So Matthew, Mark, Luke is uh, the, the first um, book that he wrote. But what about... The diary style. Now, what's the writing style of this diary? Well, there's nothing new, sorry, there's nothing slow about the book of Acts. There's espionage, there's shipwrecks, there's prison breaks, there's people rising up into heaven, there's all this stuff going on, there's secret spy stuff going on and using family networks. It all happens in Acts and it, and it, um, it all happens in this, this diary and it's really fast. But the writing style of, of this diary is that he uses a, he tells some stories, Luke tells some stories in a historical context and then he punctuates it with a long speech. And it's to expand on that history. So in Acts 1, we get a bit of a story as it comes through. And then as we get into Acts 2, there's a long speech by a man called Peter. Then we get a, a whole heap of other little stories as it goes through to Acts 3 through to 7. 
And then Acts 8, we get this amazing long speech by Stephen, who uh, sadly, I won't give it away, happens at the end of his speech. And so it, it goes this, stories, long speech, stories, long speech. And then finally it concludes with, a, with quite a long speech by a man called Paul in Acts 28. Now, if you have to write any essays at school on history, copy this style. Copy Luke. It's really, really good. You write a couple of stories and then you get one of your main characters to say a good long speech and it actually builds on because people are interested in what other people say. So it's a, actually a really good story. So tuck that one away for, for high school uh, when you come round to, to your history lesson. And you can thank Luke for it. So who then is Luke writing to? Well, Luke's writing to a man called Theophilus. Let's have a look in um, Luke chapter 1. The, the Bible books Luke and Acts are both addressed to someone called Theophilus. So really, they're volumes 1 and 2 of the same story. So if you come back to, to Luke chapter 1... Luke chapter 1, and it starts there, Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. So you can see then there, there's this Greek, Dr. Luke. He's got to go and talk to these people, these eyewitnesses and their reports. Now look what he does in verse 3. Having carefully investigated from the beginning... It wasn't just plagiarism. It wasn't just like copy and paste. No, he was going to meticulously go and investigate it. And he investigates everything from the beginning in verse 3. I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honourable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So... We get this man called Theophilus, the most excellent. It's someone of great social standing. And then we can pick up in Acts chapter 1, which we had as our, our reading. In Acts chapter 1, Luke begins here, In my first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. So we get these two volumes that that Luke um, puts together. So the diary then of this section is called Acts. In most modern Bibles, it's called Acts of the Apostles. But what do you think the Acts of the book title are? What, what, what actions are being done? Well, what we're going to find is that it's going to be the acts of the risen Lord. So what one author suggests, you know, Jesus is no longer physically present, but he's still achieving his life-giving work. Let's have a look at that. We'll keep, come back here to Acts chapter 1, 
again, we'll continue on reading from verse 2. So he's going to tell Theophilus about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. Jesus had a six-week seminar with his 12 disciples. Imagine what he said. Imagine what he did. Well, what did he do? He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Last year, our class topics, we journeyed through the wonderful life of Jesus from his humble birth to his powerful teachings and that Sermon on the Mount where blessed, blessed, happy, happy. And finally, to his painful death. But what happened next? It's a very good question. What happened after he died, after our last year's class? Well, that's why we're considering the book of Acts, the diary of disciple, because it's what Jesus did next. And that's probably a better title for this volume of Luke's diary. What Jesus did next. Because Acts starts with a bang. Jesus is taken to heaven, but he's still acting in our world And it's still going on right now. Let's let's just um, explore this a little bit more. Open up to Acts chapter 9. Let's go and find, in Acts chapter 9, all the time, let's find Jesus' name in Acts. So, in Acts chapter 9... This is where you can get out your coloured pencils or pencil. Acts chapter 9. Have a look at the screen. Acts chapter 9 and at verse 5. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus. So you can colour in in Jesus, the one who you are persecuting. So not telling you quite, not going through the story just yet, but I just want to get you to highlight the the name Jesus. And in verse 17, so Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, you can colour in Jesus, who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 27. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus 
and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Verse 29. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to... Uh, let's see, uh, did I have that one right? Yep. He, de- he debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down... Caesarea? No, I must have a wrong one. What about verse 34? Uh, yeah, Peter said to him, Naas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. Wow, that's a bit of a, a, a cool story. But we've got the name of Jesus there. Going to find Jesus um, is found a lot of times in this book of, of Acts because this diary is all about what Jesus was doing and he, who he's working with, with, with different people, different circumstances to spread that good news. So then a little bit more about the book of Acts, this diary. If you ever want to know sort of what the climax of, a, of any book is, what's the real cheat? What, how do you cheat to know what a book's all about? What's any sort of book? What do you do? What's that? Google it, yes. What about if you've physically got it in your hand, what do you do? You read the blurb, excellent. You go to the last page. So let's come on over to the last page and see what, what happens. And here we're going to find that Luke shines brilliantly, a spotlight on a few of the main themes of the entire diary. So if you get to it and you only read, you skip to the back page, you'll, you'll see what, it's, what it is. So we saw at the beginning of Acts 1 how it started. <laughs> Look at how the diary ends. Acts 28, the last few verses. Verse 28. So I want you to know that this salvation from God has been offered to the Gentiles and they will accept it and they will accept it. And when he, and we're going to find later on that this is part of Paul's speech, when Paul had said these words, the Jews departed greatly disagreeing with each other. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one tried to stop him. If you're there, you can colour in Jesus so you you know what, what that one's there. But no one tried to stop him. Find that in this rented home, we we will find out that he's in he's under house arrest. And that no one stop him, stopping him from preaching. Even though there's this arguing, why is he in prison? Why is he here? There's all those excellent questions that we're going to find out over the year. What we're going to find is that it's really Jesus 
It's Jesus who opens up the possibility to reliably and safely respond to any situation we're in. We can hear, we see that Paul can respond to evil and fear and threat with joy and confidence and boldness. You know, it's the good news. And Paul is so confident and he's not going to be stopped because Jesus showed in his life, it doesn't matter about men who threaten you, who put you in fear of your life, because if, if you're following Jesus, then you can safely and reliably respond with joy and blessing. It's quite an amazing thing that we can actually take on for ourselves, that as we read this diary and we see Jesus working, well, so too we'll find that, that he can work in our life too. So from these, these last few verses, is some, I think there's a couple of themes that we can pull out as to what you're going to find over the course of our, our classes, um, Lord willing. So what are they? First one really is about being saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is, it's all about his purpose and it's how we're saved. And we're being saved by this good news and that leads to living forever. Hey, that's really good news. That's good news for everyone. And that is because it's centred on Jesus. Let's turn over and have a look at that Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptised. Now, we're going to find, when we talk about this clash of cultures with Greek and Roman on one side and the Jewish world, there was even arguing, as we can see at the end of um, 28, even the Jews argued amongst themselves. Because it's not just about saying, um, oh, we need a Messiah. It's understanding that it's Jesus is the key. He's the Messiah. Because the Jews, and we're going to find um, all those that, there's some sects called the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, even Saul before he's converted. They all believed in the Old Testament and they're all looking for a Messiah. But they struggled to believe that it was Jesus. And so we too to see that we need to be saved and that we need to be saved through a Messiah, but it's, it's Jesus. About God's... This, Second key theme is the kingdom of God. That kingdom, that reign or dominion of God. The dominion of heaven. And um, Acts 1 verse 6, which uh, was read for us um, before, highlights that. One of the other real key themes is prayer. What is prayer? It's a Bible term. It's communication with God. 
We're going to read a lot about what Jesus said and what the, the, the disciples did and, and Paul's writing it out in his diary. But prayer is when it's our turn. Prayer is when we can get on our knees and when we can start to talk to God. And as one author once wrote, for stress to ease, get on your knees and pray it flees. And key themes four and five, the witness to spread the good news to to all people in verse eight of, of chapter one, which we had read. It was Jesus told them, you're going to be my witnesses. Let's go and have a look at that one. I think that's a, that's a pretty important one. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Verse 7, for context, he replied, that's Jesus, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness. You'll be witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And here's the key. There's like a progression. We're going to look at this in detail. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. This was going to be the, the start for them to spread an unstoppable message. And it was about to begin. These disciples were given this message and this mission. And they were going to witness to not only Jews, not only within their culture, within Israel, but they were going to go to everyone and everywhere. And that's exciting because that's where you and I fit. If Jesus hadn't have said that nearly 2,000 years ago, then we, most of us here, I'm assuming, it's bad to assume, we're not all Jewish, but that's the thing, is that Gentiles or these non-Jews are going to be part of it. And so the fifth theme not all, there's, there's many other things, but the fifth one about growth of the church. It's in numbers, not only numbers, because there's going to be some very specific detail. Not only locations, different parts as it moves around, but also diversity. And this is where it's moving from out of the Jewish culture and it's going to go to many, many other um, cultures. Actually, I did want to have a look. Just turn to Acts chapter 4. I thought the prayer one, so I had it up there for a reason. It's quite a good one. Sorry, jump back to key theme number three, prayer. Acts chapter 4 and verse 24. And when they... When they heard the report of all the believers, uh, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O oh, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestors, David, your servant, saying, 
Why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod, Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor and Gentiles and the people of Israel were all united against Israel, your holy servant whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. Well, that's how powerful prayer is. And I thought if you're ever struggling... On, on a prayer, you're going to see a couple of prayers through, through the diary of Luke that you can actually copy. Use those words, use those phrases, understand what they are and take them on for, for meaning to you. And I'm sure your world will shake too. So key theme four and five, there's this spreading, there's this growth, it's going out. And it's what I call the ripple effect. You imagine that little pebble goes into a, into a pond. It's only a tiny little pebble. But those ripples go out. And they don't stay the same size. They get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And you can't stop it. It just goes out. Well, so too is this amazing spread of the good news and the name of Jesus. So let's have a look here then at this as a bit of an overview of, of Acts and to see this ripple effect. So we can see up here we've got a focus that it was going to be, as Acts 1 verse 8 says, they were going to be witnesses in Jerusalem. That was the key thing. Remember he said, don't leave, don't leave until I until you're given the gift. And then you're going to go to Judea and Samaria, and then you're going to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. So from Acts 1, verse 1 to 8. So how does it go? Well, we start to see then there is a progression. There's the power of the ecclesia. Now, in, in some Bibles it's called church. That's the Greek word. Tim last uh, week looked at Greek, Greek terminology. Um, and the New Testament, that's all of the Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, right through to Revelation, is generally written in, in Greek. So here I've, I've used the word ecclesia. It's as Greek as I can say it. Um, and we can see here also that there's a progress. So we talked about that, that growth um, starts straight away. We get the topic is generally Jews and there's a man called Peter. And we met Peter a couple of times last year. Um, what was his initial trade? What did he do for a job? Fisherman. That's right. And we're going to see that he grows and he learns um, to, as Jesus wanted him to do, to feed his sheep. Where is it located? It's in Jerusalem. And it's probably about, um, in the first couple of chapters, it's about two years. Um, and then there's witnesses into Judea and Samaria. Now, who's been to Judea and Samaria? 
No. Where are those places? So that's why you need a map. So with Acts, with this diary, it's very, very handy to have a map. And most Bibles will have a map at the back of um, your, your Bibles. Otherwise, you can take a, fo- uh, take a photo of this um, on your phone. But you want to see that we've actually, if you have a look down here at the, the map, we start at Jerusalem here. And then it's got to slowly make its way up to Judea and Samaria. And you'll find out that Samaria um, actually were, were quite hated by, um, there was a lot of cultural clashes with the Samaritans um, at the time. And then we'll see that the witnesses to the ends of the earth, that Paul starts um, and the gospel starts to move, move around. So the diary, you really do need a map. It's um, it, like a worksheet. Get yourself a, a good map um, and always look up those towns, look up those places because it's mightily important. Um, and uh, I had a couple of brainwaves when I actually had the, the map out because there's one called Antioch. Just tuck that away because this is Antioch is literally miles away from Jerusalem and this is where half the, um, the missionaries leave from. It's totally different from Jerusalem. They start from out there and off they go. And it's quite, it's a massive hub for believers and where they go off. And it's very important to notice that it's nowhere near Jerusalem. It's a, it's a trick for, for young players and old players. The witnessing in Judea and Samaria from chapter 8, verse 5 through to chapter 13. You get the expansion of, of the church there. There's Jews, Samaritan, Gentiles. And some of the main people there are Peter, Philip, and Paul. Um, it's in Judea and Samaria. And that's about 13 years um, that we're there. Then we come through to witnessing to the ends of the earth. It's quite amazing that this diary has all been talking about Peter. And then about halfway through, you don't hear about Peter anymore. You don't hear about um, Philip um, anymore, and it all centres on someone new called Saul, who changed his name to Paul. And he goes on a couple of journeys, and I think the word journey um, is probably a little bit lax. Oh, the shipwrecks and the, the walking and the stonings and the, oh, what happened to him was amazing. But if you've got your map, you'll see that he's actually travelling all all the way over to here, um, modern day modern day Turkey, um, and round over to over here, and he's going to end up um, in Rome, and that's for about fourteen years. So the diary of a disciple basically takes about thirty years. It was the age that Jesus was when he began his ministry. Jesus was, how long was his ministry for before he was sadly put to death? How long was it? How many years? Three. Three and a half years, that's right. So after Jesus has been with them for three and a half years, then he gives them that awesome six-week seminar. Boom, they're off. And you'll start to see that it just grows and spreads. That ripple effect is, is quite amazing how it it really does bring about what Jesus 
uh, wanted them to do. One of the other um, little tips I might, might give you is trying to listen to the entire book of Acts in one, in one go. Um, and I can um, recommend uh, David Suchet. If you YouTube that, David Suchet Acts, he reads beautifully the book of Acts. It's almost like Luke is reading his own diary to you. You get into it and you hear the phraseology, you hear what it is. And if you're really up to it, get him to read the Gospel of Luke and then into Acts. It's, it's really quite fantastic. Even if, just to hear a chapter or two, but it really is like Luke's reading his own, own, own diary. So what does this mean then? Why are we studying this book of Acts? Well, the book of Acts has a primary focus of God saving people. You and I, even back then, it's you and I, as we saw at the end of chapter 28, through the gospel, also called the good news. And that's what Tim looked at last week in his seminar. That leads to eternal life, living forever. At the moment, sadly, we, we die, but we can live forever. That's, the, that's really good news. And it's centred on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does the diary of a disciple, what does Acts mean for your life? Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.